This podcast is proud to be part of the TalkSport Fan Network. TalkSport. Powered by fans. Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else. Even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Hey guys, quick thing. The TalkSport Fan Network is proudly supported by Mook Delivery, bringing you the food you love. Mook Delivery brings a top-tier lineup of food right to your door. No matter the result, you'll always be winning with Mook Delivery. So the only question left to say is... Are you in? Order now on the McDonald's app and you can get reward points delivered too. So the ordering today means some tasty rewards for tomorrow. Only via app at participating restaurants. 18 plus rewards registration required. Points only on menu items. Delivery fee and terms apply. See mcdonalds.com. Hello and welcome to the Gooners all back again with you guys for another episode of our Let's Talk Arsenal series in what is episode something along our honeymoon series. I'm not quite sure where this is going to fit into the schedule of the timeline yet, but I hope you've been enjoying the pre-recorded content that you have been treated to or not in the case of the episode with Mike, I guess. Um, but I hope you've been having a fantastic week and I hope that the result against Brentford was positive. I don't know what it is yet, so I'm hoping that it was good. Fingers crossed. Do drop a like on the video and subscribe to the channel if you are indeed new. For today's show, we are doing a bit of an evergreen piece of content today as we talk about the one, the only, Mikel Arteta. Uh, The plan is to kind of go through an evolution, if you like, of his time at the club from when he joined through to the present day, how our opinions have changed. And of course, as you are watching live or on playback, please do leave your comments throughout and after the show about how you felt about when he joined, maybe partway through it, and how you're feeling about him now. Let's introduce you my guests for today. First of all, it's Amanda from Same Old Arsenal. How are you doing, Amanda? You good? I'm good. How are you? Very good. It's been a while. It's good to have you on the show. I know. As I said, you're saving the best for last. Oh, well. I mean, I've got Albert to come on. <laughs> yeah, that's <laughs> so what I'm saying. You're saving the best for last. <laughs> how are you doing? Are we all good? Not, not bad. I thought we'd give a bit of change of scenery from my usual um, point of, you know, when I do YouTube. So, um, that's, I'm yeah, trying to catch up with you, Tom, in a bit of memorabilia. You know, have you set background. that all up just for me? Is that what this is? <laughs> you know what, Tom? I'll be honest with you. I have, actually. That's, I have done it for <laughs> oh, He's the boy. That's what I get you on for, mate. No, lovely stuff. Great to have you both on as we talk about a, a topic that is not divisive in any way uh, to anybody. Uh, no one ever disagrees about Mikel Arteta, do they? So we should have no issues, I think, talking through the semantics of the Spaniard. Uh, we're going to start from the beginning because uh, it's probably the best place. And that was, of course, back in December of 2019. Uh, when Unai Emery was sacked, Amanda, uh, there was a lot of questions around who might come in to replace him. When you first heard the name Mikel Arteta being discussed, having never managed a first team game before, how did you feel about that prospect? I was actually really positive, but you know me, Tom and Albert does. 
I'm a little bit different to most people because I don't judge. This is why I don't talk about impending transfers because I don't <laughs> judge till they actually cross the white line. So I was like, you know what? He's played for us. He's played under, he's, he's managed under, um, sorry, both his managers were Wenger and Pep. You can't really have better teachers than that. Um, he's got a lot of passion being a Spaniard. And I was like, do you know what? This this could work. But then I really liked Emery at the beginning. Mm. And I was one of his long-term supporters. I can't speak tonight. Let me just start again. Long-time supporters. Where I didn't want him. Works as well. Long-term. <laughs> well, I mean, at Arsenal, I wasn't one of these that wanted him out um, until mm. very late on when me. I realised yeah, that, <laughs> that was a lot of people. But I'm one of these that I always like to give the chance. And I know a lot of people have will laugh at that because they think that I wanted Wenger out very quickly and I didn't. But let's not talk about that. Just mm. so going forward, I was, I was quite positive about it. But to me, you know, you have to give people a chance. And I liked... What I saw because he was on all or nothing for City, and I'd already, I don't know if we'd watched it when he was our manager or not. I can't remember, but it came out before was, he joined, I think. Yeah. Right. So then I'd watched that, and I was like, you know, the, this guy's got it. And also, Tom, a lot of my, uh, I've got a lot of Man City friends, all different groups of Man mm. City friends, not one group, and they all said the same to me: we don't want him to go. Mm. He does more work than Pep, you know. So. Not when just was, a cone layer. As not just a cone layer as people. Yeah. And, and, and I I only yeah. actually listened to not many people in my life about football. I'll listen to fans of other clubs that are close to me for many years. And they raved about Arteta. And they still say to this day, can't wait for him to come back. So, mm, well, maybe he I was will positive. Albert, where did you stand on Mr. Arteta and, and when he was kind of suggested to be not only the person that would take forward, of course, of Enger's long-term history, but the man that would be kind of the... the after we'd made a, what I would just dis describe rather potentially harshly as a mistake in Unai Emery's appointment, we had to get it right the second time round. And did you feel as though we were going to make a right choice with him? Um, The thing is, he was linked with the job before, but I think Arsenal... Yeah, they interviewed him. Panic. I think they went for, shall I say, the easier option of an experienced manager. But even with that, Tom, um, I remember listening to a lot of journals. They were surprised that Emery got the job. Mm. So, so um, I'll tell you, I was I, with me. I was willing to give him a chance. I think what a lot of Arsenal fans did do at the time, probably understandably, because he'd never managed before. But I think it's actually, if you fast forward to him being in the job now. All they have in their mind is obviously he played for us as man, Amanda mentioned, but um, it was at a time when Arsenal probably weren't that feared, even on and off the pitch, to be honest with you. Mm. Um, I think that's a little bit unfair, which I'll touch on a bit later, but um, I was kind of like, you know what? He's going to be the manager. Let's, let's just see where this goes. There was a bit of trepidation, obviously, because he's never managed before. And I was kind of thinking, would any other top club actually do something as bold as this? Um, because it wasn't just him, Tom, that was, you know, he was new in charge, you know, in terms of, you know, there were other key positions at the football club where they were seen as novices. And hmm. so you're like, Arteta oh, as well, as well as the other two guys with Edu and Vinay, is, is this going to work? Obviously, we've got to give it time. But um, you know what is he? He's he's a great 
he, he speaks very well. I think if you speak to a lot of Arsenal fans, they might not admit it now, but I did at the time and I've listened to his sort of first press conference. I thought, oh, this is interesting. Mm. He's, he's, I think he had a few Arsenal fans hook, line and sinker. Um, I think when you're a good talker, you're a good speaker, it, it does kind of influence you a little bit, you know, whether it be from a football point of view or even down a politics point of view, but we haven't got time for that. <laughs> it's a whole new podcast. Yeah, yeah, yeah it, it is. But um, yeah, he spoke well. And um, I remember Tom sort of seeing the interview. You guys remember this. He did it with Ian Wright for Adidas. And this was during COVID. Mm. And he spoke about, in particular, when he came to the club, he felt there was um, the energy in term, the energy and the sort of the training around the training ground there it wasn't it just wasn't right and I thought that's quite a in that's quite a for him to kind of say that you know coming into the club yes he played for us but that that was an eye-opener for me um mm. you know he's already made that he's already identified that you know only being in the job a very very short time so um like I said I, I kind of sort of kind of finishing that I, I was willing to give it a go and see where it would happen and and try and be as open-minded as possible, even though it's very, very difficult. Because, you know, he he's coming into an Arsenal club where there is a hell of a lot of work to do um, from from off the pitch and on the pitch. So I, I was concerned, but, you know, you, you see where it goes with him when he starts out. Mm. Al, why is, it, why is it hard to be open-minded? Um what in myself or just have an Arsenal? Yeah, you just said he was hard in myself to be as a person. As you, <laughs> um, you just said it was hard to be open-minded. Why? No, no, I, no, I, no, I'm open-minded. I'm not, it was not. It's not. It was hard because only because obviously you know he's came to the club with no, no, um, no experience, so you don't know what he's going to get. But it's it's difficult. It's difficult. It's hard to be open-minded when you don't know what you're going to get with someone that's never had a job in that type of pressure cooker. Well, at Man City, can't be much higher in pressure cooker than the coach at Man City, though. Yeah, I think I think there's a fair point from Albert where he says that you know, if if you come into your Arsenal Football Club, you know, if we just put it on the pedestal, this is a team that's winning, that's won trophies, that wants to get back to where it was of the golden era of Arsenal again, and after you've just regressed at the end of Arsene Wenger's tenure it's on a slide you know Unai Emery comes in doesn't necessarily arrest that slide and when Emery's sacked we're actually 11th in the table and if the person that's been picked to turn that around is someone that's never managed a game of football before I can understand why people would have doubts you know I, I, I think Allegri was the other name at the time that was being mentioned and of course Allegri you know serial Serie A league winner uh, with Juve experience with Serie A um, and you could kind of understand why, you know, it would be a more natural choice to pick someone of that experience. I'm glad in the benefit of hindsight that we didn't personally, and I'm glad that we went for Arteta in the end, but I can, do you see what I mean, Amanda? I can see why the doubts would be there with no experience at all. But, but the thing is, he has got experience. I know what you're saying. He was mm. the coach at Man City. I, I mean, so for me, it was a natural step up. What you're saying is, because it's, the Arsenal, we yeah. deserve better and a more established manager, which mm. you've got to start somewhere. As you said, Tom, the end of Wenger's tenure, he's had to deal with all that. Mm -hmm. So I know we'll come on to all that. Um, and I think that your listeners, who probably don't even know who I am, will probably gather I'm by sure now that 
<laughs> same old <laughs> Arsenal people, check it out if you want. Same old Arsenal pod. Um, they, you know, will c- can tell that I'm a massive supporter of his. Of course, I can criticise, but I am a massive supporter. But anyway, I just wanted to ask Albert what that meant. Yeah, no, that's fine. I, it's interesting. I think we'll come on to what it means to be <laughs> what it means to be a Defend supporter. Him. Because you know, I find it weird if someone's not a supporter of our. Surely we're all supporters of Arteta because we want him to win the next game. You know, if, if he's succeeding, then Arsenal is succeeding. Do you know what I mean, Albert? Yeah, you but Tom, you're normal. That's the thing. That's a normal fan. <laughs> you, There's you know so many that you know, just. Yeah. Anyway, go on. Do you know what it is? I, I, and I think this is probably relevant to when he got the job, and it's a hundred percent relevant now. Um, like I said earlier, I think his time at Arsenal was a player through sections of the fan base. I like to use the keyword sections because I don't say mm. everybody. Of course. Don't remember him that fondly. And I always say this, Amanda and Tom, I've always said this on my channel. If we'd have got... Mikel Arteta was a very good player at Everton. Make no bones about it. Don't care what any Arsenal fan tells me. He had a massive ACL injury. Right? He came back, he played, but he had to alter his game. If we'd have got the Mikel Arteta before his ACL injury... At Everton, mm. he would be thought of a lot more fondly at Arsenal. A hundred percent believe that, and I think that's a problem now. They, oh, you know, they're, they're invincible. He's not a Vieira. He's not. A, but but well, he didn't I mean, play look, in that era. You look era. what Thierry Henry did in coaching. He's done nothing, nothing in coaching. Has completely but I think that's, failed. I think coaching. that's a massive factor in it, Tom. I do feel that's a massive factor. That's fair enough. You know, maybe that, that lack of reputation. I mean, it's interesting going back to that point about kind of the fact he had no experience because you know. I think some people would have liked to have seen maybe someone, him giving an opportunity elsewhere and then build up to Arsenal, like Graham Potter's built up to Chelsea and like, you know, Gerrard uh, is building his career at Rangers and then now Villa or Lampard with Derby and weirdly then going to Chelsea, but still had that chance. But some of them take that step too soon, like I think Lampard did with Chelsea, took that step into a massive club far too quickly. Really? I think Gerrard's on a good path. I know he's not going, it's not, I know it's not going beautifully at a Villa at the moment, but he obviously did really well at Rangers and then moved to, to Villa and they need to kind of see some progression this season to kind of justify him staying in that job. But Potter in particular, I mean, Ostersons did brilliantly there, you know, even getting a win over Arsenal, of course, uh, rather famously. And then you've got, a situation where he goes to Swansea, does well, goes to Brighton, has them playing some fantastic football and getting a very good record, ironically, again against us for them, which I fear when we come up against Chelsea because I think Potters <laughs> may have Arsenal's number a little bit, unfortunately. And with even better players, who knows what will happen? Hopefully we can kind of put an end to that that run. But yeah, I think that a lot of people felt like Amanda, he needed to take those steps like some of those other managers first before getting to, to Arsenal, if that makes sense. I'm going back to Potter... I'll say this now, and I'm sure this will be replayed four million times. (laughs) I think, I don't think he's going to do well there. Do I think he's a good manager? Absolutely. Is that him or Chelsea, though? I don't think he'll do well at Chelsea. I don't think that... that, Yeah, but do you think it's the environment at Chelsea that doesn't suit him? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah. No, I think he's a good manager. I'll need to put that Mm. out there now. A good manager. Mm. Absolutely. Am I surprised he's gone? I am a little bit. I understand that Brighton, Chelsea, I do get it. I do get Mm. it. He obviously wants the big time, as they say. Mm -hmm. Um, I I don't think he'll do well. It could come back to bite me, this. You know that, don't you? This will be replayed. I've got a record of really being critical of Potter. So, you know, I... It, I'm, I just, I'm it doesn't match for me. It doesn't, it doesn't. I, I was surprised that he took it straight away. If I'm honest, I thought doing a good job where he is and build that up. And, but again, maybe Chelsea fans feel a little bit like that. How, how 
Albert saying people did feel about Arteta. Is he big mm. enough for Chelsea? Yeah, so, I mean, who their last manager is too cool. You know, you think back to Antonio Conte, Jose Mourinho, and now you're going for Potter. Like, it's a yeah. very different dynamic. You yeah, know? yeah. And it could be exactly what they need. Like, we'll have to wait yeah, and see they, what happens with spoiled. that. Exactly spoiled, what yeah. we need. Mm, it's about the time that you give to coaches, and, and Arteta certainly got that time, and we'll, we'll get to kind of where we are now. The next kind of big thing, and you alluded to this earlier, Albert, is that, you know, the COVID situation. He was the first person in the Premier League to to get it, and I remember famously that game against Manchester City being called off. Um, and I, I really do think that Mikel Arteta is unfairly looked at in the sense of COVID because, and the reason why is that often what's leveled at him is that it's the same for everybody. You know, everyone went through COVID, everyone missed the games, everyone went through lockdown, every team had that. But for me, Albert, I think it's different because Arteta, as we just talked about, he was going into his first job. He'd only had his legs under the table for a few months and all of a sudden COVID hits and it's an experience that no coach has ever faced, especially one that's just got into a brand new job in his first job. I think the way in which we managed to come through COVID, not only through Project Restart to then win an FA Cup, but, you know, to then go into the following season, it was almost as if that was a huge kind of underestimated factor in his start to life as Arsenal coach. Yeah, I mean, you know what it is? I remember when he sort of, when he first took over, um, I think this is before COVID as well, it was tough because we drew a lot of football matches. Um, we weren't winning mm. a lot of games. I remember we, we was going through a mad run. Every week we was drawing, score draw, nil-nil draws. Um, yeah, football wasn't great. Um, so it's tough. And like you mentioned, you got COVID, but so to come back and win the FA Cup. I mean, you know what? I, I look up, I look on it now, Tom, and I think sometimes, look, winning. You don't. There's not many trophies you can win in football. You know, I, I I always say this this thing about you know being a cup team, and we've got a massive massive um, history in the FA Cup. And I thought, and I look upon it now, and I think actually, you know what? He's won something, and that, I, I don't think he probably gets a lot of credit for that. To be totally honest with you, it's kind of oh, yeah, but we've won the FA Cup loads and loads of times before. But it, <laughs> no. it, 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 it can't. It, it, but that's how it feels like sometimes. Mm. Nothing, but mm. you know, yeah. as, as as much as people rate Pochettino, for example. Hasn't got over the line yet, mm. you know. Well, argue, well, and there's other managers probably well, that are very yeah. good managers. Well, yeah, we went to France, but yeah, it's um, I think I PSG think in France. I mean, yeah, you know, yeah. you're pretty much guaranteed to win the trophy, and even then, he still lost the title to Lille. So you know, well, there you go. But yeah, I, I look upon it now, Tom. And I think, yeah, we was buoyed at the time when he won it, and and I, I saw people kind of sort of looking at, oh yeah, but look at our league form, and yeah, that you know the two games against City and against Chelsea, mm. they're one-off games, and yeah, listen, we played against teams where they were going to have the ball more and we counter-attacked. And, but, you know, when we look at history, we don't remember how we, you know, we, we was a counter-attacking team won the Africa Cup, we won it. Um, mm. But, yeah, I think he deserves a little bit more credit with that. Whether that buys you enough time in a job is another issue. Because, obviously, when you look at someone like Chelsea, that's a completely different ball game. Yeah. You know, Tuchel did all right there. To be fair, like, he won three trophies and got into X amount of finals. But... Chelsea are a completely different model to Arsenal. We found ourselves in a position when Wenger left and then obviously Emery come in. We haven't had too many managers in recent years, Tom, like other football clubs. So mm. um, I guess there's a consistency there, um, whether Arsenal fans like it or not um, with their feelings towards Mikel. But sometimes I don't think it's footballing reasons as to why they don't like him or have an mm. issue with him, which 
is which kind of blows my mind a little bit, if I'm being honest with you. Um, mm. With some of the, yes, like Amanda mentioned, you can as much as Amanda might like him, or other people are fans of Mikel Arteta. You can criticize his time because he's made some very, very um, <laughs> high-profile so mistakes. Potentially, yeah, questionable <laughs> decisions. Yeah. yeah, but you know, yeah. experienced managers make questionable decisions. You know, I, yes, I, I hear the he's a PE teacher and he only puts the cones out, but but but, but, but experienced people make mistakes and obviously it gets highlighted more because he's only just come into Arsenal's his first job as a, as a, as a manager or head coach, whatever you want to phrase it. So, um, yeah, at times I think he deserves a little bit more credit. Is, is that my opinion more so now because I've seen all or nothing? Um, not really. Um, I have my views about that, about the documentary. Um, but yeah, we might get on to that. Actually. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So, yeah, that's an, kind of my thought. Yeah, yeah. Like, you know, I think he deserves a little bit more credit for that. But listen, it's just my opinion. Look, I think the FA Cup absolutely gets kind of pushed under the carpet a little bit, actually. Uh, I think we kind of were very quick to forget that we won that FA Cup in 2020. It really has been forgotten rather fast. Maybe that's because of what happened in the following season. And I suppose I've got to ask you the tricky question, Amanda. What on earth happened in 2020-21? Because it was a it was a poor, really, really poor season and ultimately ended in that infamous loss to Unai Emery as well in, in the semi-final of the Europa League, where... We played, I think, Emil Smith throwing that false nine position away from home. And then Tierney came back, I think, for the second leg, but wasn't fully fit. But we did have a Bamiyang back at that point as well when he played. But And then there's that famous miss right at the end as well. You know, I, what for you went wrong during 2020-21 that meant that we finished eighth again? Well, we had COVID. <laughs> I mean, yeah. can you imagine starting a new job? And then none of us on the planet, and I can actually blanket it like that, has ever experienced anything like this. I mean, I was furloughed for five months. Mm. I never, I didn't even know what to do with myself. Everything felt weird and odd. He's just come in to one of the biggest football clubs in the Premier League. And it was, Tom, three months later. He then gets COVID. He's one of the first people I've even heard of that I'd known not personally, but knew of, that got COVID. And I was at that match, I think. It was the Thursday night when he met the, it was Europa League. That's where I think it was. the Olympiacos, wasn't it? Yeah yeah. yeah, yeah. And he, um, a lot of fans got it that night as well. And then it just... Josh Cronkey got it, I think, actually, yeah, as well. Yeah, escalated. And, you know, mm. I didn't get COVID until seven months ago. Mm. And I was fine within two or three days. It was really bizarre. Yeah, it so, different people, isn't it? Yeah, it does. And I had a different strain. He had the very first strain. So we don't know what he did to him. I mean, I I actually, you actually, I don't think he gets enough credit. I know you're saying we ended up 11th. And yeah, we were eighth, upset. Yeah. I'm sorry, 8th. That's mm. 11th foot. No, not that bad. <laughs> no, we weren't that bad. We weren't in, in an Emory bed. Mm. Um, and I just think, can I make excuses? Well, it's very hard not to. Mm. Yeah. yeah. He was training. Can you imagine? I, we didn't know what was going on from week to week as, as the public. And he had to, in a brand new job, players were probably getting COVID left, right and centre. He didn't know what was going on. Am I making excuses? I don't know. But at the end of the day, Tom, you know what it's like when you start a new job. How long does it take you to bed in? Mm. A month, two months? 
one of my jobs took me about nine months once when I had to learn it inside out. And as you said, he'd never been a manager before. He's now manager of a club that's going through COVID like everybody else is. I'm not, I'm not disputing that, but everybody else had their managers embedded, didn't they? So I don't really worry about stuff like that. The first season we finished eighth wasn't great, hmm. but was that not the year we won the FA Cup? Yeah. Well, Hello. <laughs> it's funny you're going on what happened mm. why was it so bad and yet you know I, I'm I'm a lot older than you two and the FA Cup means the world to me so was it that bad really he's just going to want the FA Cup in a in his first season and and in a Covid year yeah did he, did he make mistakes was he learning on the job yes yes do you know what we'll we'll reap the benefits now the following season, Albert, let me let me read you this. This isn't going to be cool. nice, but let me read you this run of fixtures. Um, three, uh, no, here we go. Uh, one nil loss at home uh, away, sorry, to Manchester City. One nil loss at home to Leicester. Uh, one nil win away at Man United. Three nil loss at home to Aston Villa. Nil nil draw against Leeds. Two one win at home against Wolves. Two nil loss away against Spurs. One nil loss at home against Burnley. One one draw against Southampton at home, and a two one loss away at Everton. Um, there was a run of ten games in which we won one. Um, why do you think the club? And this is going to. This is a very kind of um, not poignant, not pointed question. But why wasn't he sacked in that period? Because I don't know another club on this earth that you know in the context of Arsenal that wouldn't have sacked the coach with that kind of run. Do you know what I mean? You yeah. know, I just feel as though if that was Chelsea, if that was Liverpool, if that was Man United, if that was anyone else, one win in 10, they would, I mean, they would have pulled the plug. So why didn't Arsenal, do you think? Million dollar question, Tom Canton. Because <laughs> um, they had to, anyway. I'll come on to you, don't worry. You know what? I, I think, I think, <laughs> I think firstly, I think as, as fans, when obviously Wenger left, for example, or, people wanted him gone towards the end or sections of the fans. I don't think any Arsenal fan really had any confidence in the hierarchy to bring in another person. Um, I think with Arteta, because they believe in him so much and they do, like, it's, they just do. You, you get that impression because yeah. if you can go through that run of games at Arsenal Football Club and still keep your job, they've got to have a hell of a lot of a belief in you. Um, and it, but I think I think for me at the time, I, it's, I thought to myself, that's quite a dangerous precedent to set. That you can kind of get the results you're getting, and you still keep your job. I mean, if I underperformed at work to a level where I don't know, I don't know what I can equate it to in terms of uh, another job. But you know, I I, I wouldn't well, hit your target, I suppose. Yeah, yeah hitting targets or KPIs, yeah. whatever they are. Yeah, KPIs. Love good old KPIs, but. Um, <laughs> <laughs> then I I, I, gem, I think it'd be very difficult for me to stay in my job, but I just think he's got, unlike a lot of football clubs, he's got backing, uh, mm. not just financially, but they 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 believe in him. So I know a lot of Arsenal fans don't like to hear that, even to this day now. But I think in any job, I think Amanda makes a good point in terms of if any job you have. Why? You, why do? No, I want to pick you up on that. Why? <laughs> you said there that the club has given the manager backing, and then you said that um, I know a lot of fans don't like to hear. Why on earth would a fan not want to hear that the club backs the coach? Do you know what I mean? Because it's because, as I mentioned earlier, I think with Mikel Arteta, with some of the fans, it's not footballing reasons as to as to why they don't like him. 
I mean, right. it's not really a good reason as to why you don't want to manage your football club. So I just don't like you. Like, I yeah. mean, give, give me some context or a reason. There's a lot of people <laughs> I don't like, but I can give a, a, a plethora of reasons why I don't like them. But it's mm. just personal, Tom. You've seen that. Look, we're, we're both on social media. We've seen it. I've seen some Instagram I get stories. people in my I've, comment I've, section all the time. Yeah, yeah, I've, I've won this morning and today on my morning show. Right. Yeah, and you think to yourself, as a rational human being, he's the manager of a club that you support. What has this guy done so wrong or so mm. bad that you want him gone? Tom, look, we're still seeing it now. And I said, I had this conversation with one of my mates earlier. Like, when I think of the first three games of last season and the first six games of this season, I don't think there's much difference with the fan base. It's almost really? like it's, no, I, I do. I generally think that in terms of in terms of like So you think there's the same amount of negativity and positivity like a year ago within the fan base. What I think so what you're trying to say is that the people who were stringently Arteta out a year ago, even though we've started the season as we have, are still stringently Arteta out now. I oh, can tell you for a fact. I know that there's some. I know that there's absolutely some. I'm not debating that, but do you think they're the same proportion? Because I can tell you for sure, at the end of last season, uh, sorry, at the end of the 20, what, 2021 season when we finished eighth, I was, you know, I, I said, I don't know how we can carry on at this point. I don't know how you can carry on with it. But hey, I, I don't think, feel yeah. that way now. Yeah. So I can In, count yeah. against it. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. If I if I was talking to the, the man on the street, probably, yes, what you're saying. If I'm mm. going by purely by the social media aspect, then sure. I'm like, because yeah. it's like, don't get me wrong. There's that you can't lose games. Yeah, it's it's <laughs> it's it's highly when anything with with it be individual players. Perfect example: the Europa League game the other day. Um, looking, at, I was great. I was I was buzzing to see Marquinhos and Vieira. Yeah. Tom Tom one stray pass that, that may not go to feet, and mm. it, it just it just whips up this debate and and over analysis. That's what that's what I mean more so. I think you, you, sometimes you think to yourself, we we are at a different point, at a different stage mm. this season than we were last season. But why do I still feel echoes are still some of the fans from last season mm. carrying forward to this season? It's it's mad. It blows my mind. I think, I, I think, yeah, go on, Amanda. Go on, Amanda. I just want to go right back to something you said, Albert. It's slightly, you can't compare it. You said if I was at work and I didn't hit my targets, I'd be sacked. Yeah. But you're the manager of your team, if they don't hit their targets, who's to blame? The team? Or you as a manager, because you haven't taught them how to go out and sell a sales, whatever it is in an office. You haven't taught them how to sell a house. So who's to blame here? The team, because they're not good enough? Or you, because you're not good enough as a manager? So it's slightly different, so you can't compare that. If Because I, I often hear people go, if I didn't hit my targets, yeah, yeah, but it's not that it's not you kicking that ball in that net, is it? It's it's you're the manager of that team. So I just wanted to pick you up on that. Second of all, I sort of disagree, Albert. There is more positivity and it's growing, and it's more positivity from people that always denied wanting him out. This is what I see, and all of a sudden love him and said they never said they'd wanted him out. Where I've seen many a thing well, that they do. I'm, 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 not also, there, I'm not saying there's in positivity. I don't and, see the benefit to that though, Matt. Like for me, and you know, I'm very. I'll tell you why, Tom. I'll tell you why, shall I? You run a podcast, you do all your stuff. Sure. But I know you as a person. Yeah. Mm. I've known you for many, many years, and you are very, very genuine. 
Okay, you will hold your hands up and say to me, I told you, Amanda, I didn't want him in. I said to you, you even said it on my WhatsApp, didn't you? Yeah. Many times, I don't want him in. And that is absolutely fine. I've got no problem with that. Because you're not a year later going to go, no, Amanda, I never said that. No, no, you did. Okay. But you have people on social media. You have people that I know. I never said that. What's the benefit of that? That's what I don't get. Because people are very, how can I put it? It's all for show. It's all for clicks. It's all for likes. I'm not going to mention someone who would love to be mentioned on this show about their channel that gets thousands and thousands and thousands of negative Arteta, yeah, and thrives on it. So that person can't turn that around because that person would lose all those likes. So even when we win, there's massive negativity because that's what sells that person's channel, yeah? Mm. So it's not that you can't take those people seriously. I don't take anyone seriously. Even someone said, that person looked so upset when we scored. This is a different situation for to something. I'm in my 50s. I've been going since the 70s. We didn't have social media. We had people down the opposite the the marble steps moaning about George Graham or whatever. Then you get in the car, you go home, and you might go out with friends who moan about stuff. But it was never this intense, Tom. People have a, a facade they have to keep up. They have to for their blogs, podcasts, whatever it is. Yeah? Um, I stand I, I, there and you could never, ever turn around and say to me, oh, Amanda, you wanted him out. You know full well from minute one, wherever I've been. Now, if it doesn't work and say next this next season is absolute, we're in the bottom half the mm, whole year, I'll yeah. hold my hands up and go, do you know what? I was wrong. It hasn't worked. And I, I don't care if I'm wrong or right. I'll tell you what I want. I want Arsenal to win. So I don't really care who's wrong or right. These people that Albert block, I don't block, I mute. It's mm. even better, just mute. Yeah, I block them. <laughs> no, because if you block anyone, they think it's like a, a medal. A little win. They can, I don't care. They can have their little win. I don't yeah, get, you know, but, they can't see what I say. But, I can't see what they say. But, yeah. Tom, you see, you're a genuine person. Albert's very genuine. So you're going to sit there and, you're, and Albert's going to go, I wasn't sure about Arteta. But Albert wants us to win every single game, every single throw in, every single... He wants to score every penalty. He's not... Yeah, as I can see. That's our throw, ref. That was off. <laughs> Yeah, so so there's the genuine side of people that, you know, you said, as you said, you get people in your chat rooms all the time. On my show, we don't really get that, Tom, but my show's not massive like yours. So I don't really, I get the odd idiot who just does it to wind me up. But most people are are quite genuine, aren't they, Albert? You're on my post-game shows. We don't really have ridiculousness, do we, that you see on other... I was gonna say I was gonna say just add that for uh, combat so Tom takes over again. But no, I just think I don't think it's even necessarily people that have YouTube channels. I just think that's or, what I'm yeah, that's what yeah, I'm saying. Yeah, it's, like... it's just it, the the scrutiny with with Arsenal. That's why I made mm. the comparison to last season. Yes, we lost the first three games, the first six games this season. I just think there's certain elements I see, and I think it, it is like a throwback to last season. Mm-hmm. I think, but. It's very different because it's the opposite end of the spectrum where we're. No, no, I get that. Sorry, Albert. Look, you know, I was at the Etihad last season. I was watching the Arsenal fans because I was sitting with my Man City lot and we were demolished. We were fantastic for six and a half minutes and then we were absolutely terrible. Mm. I was above sort of where Arteta was. Xhaka gets sent off. It's a nightmare. Let me tell you what happened, shall I? Those fans didn't stop singing. Mm. And. They're, they're the genuine fans that go around the world, go around England 
uh, to watch that team and they're still singing after we are absolutely atrocious. I was proud that day, not many left either. So I don't really take much notice of the, I really shouldn't say the idiots on social media, but some of the idiots well, no, on social media. I mean, and, they're idiots if they're abusive and disrespectful. Like, that's just yeah, yeah, that's I mean, the difference. You know what, everyone's entitled to... You know, everyone's entitled to a to freedom of speech in their opinion, but if you're abusive my, my, and disrespectful, freedom oh, of speech oh. is not freedom from scrutiny. That there's no. a difference between the two. I agree, you but know. my dad wanted Wenger out way before me, way many years before me. He used mm. to, oh, he used to moan for years. We used to argue all the time, we, all all the time. We weren't on a podcast doing it, and we weren't on social media doing it. But then years later, I sort of became that way and but that's life isn't it you are allowed to change your mind and I think people are changing their minds the genuine ones that are adult will change their minds and go do you know what I hold my hand up I didn't rate him but you know what I can see what he's trying to do that's what I've noticed lately is I, I've got mm. people saying to me Amanda I, I didn't rate him at all I wanted him gone but I can see what he's trying to do now and now I'm going to support him and I think all or nothing's helped I really do yeah, I think all or nothing has definitely kind of meshed together a lot of kind of extra assurances that maybe some fans that were doubting him needed. For me, you know, and the questions surrounding kind of like what's the benefit of staying, um, of continuing kind of a facade or a, or a character, if you like, um, it wasn't necessarily specifically about YouTube. I know that there are channels out there that do it. Absolutely. I'm not saying that there aren't. But my question was kind of more around the idea that I see if I go onto the lounge, for instance, and I do the show every Monday with Shaheen and Lev and, and Mo, um, a very different audience to mine. Uh, yeah, and it's a, very... <laughs> it's a very different audience. And obviously that's that's because that's the way audience are cultivated. Shaheen and Lev have different views to me on a lot of things. And I think obviously that draws in other people with like-minded views. And that's why if people come over from my audience to that channel, they they experience a very different kind of thing. And that's fine because despite the fact that they have different views, Shaheen and Lev put across to me and we have good debates because they can put across the opposite view in a very respectful and, you know, good manner. Um, but I still see within that, because it tends to come from the other side of, of kind of the spectrum from my own experiences, I've only experienced very few what I would describe as toxically positive end of the uh, kind of debate side of things but there is still you know i don't know what the benefit is of someone who has arteta's face as a clown as their twitter account avatar i don't know what the benefit of that is to somebody to be you know what i mean that's what i'm trying to get at is i don't yeah. get where the hate and the trolls come yeah, from. i don't that, what, that, i don't get what that, the point the of it is yeah Go on, i just Albert. don't think he's good enough for our club i suppose i, I don't know i've I've, if he's I, when, winning, you know, yeah, 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 don't get it. But Tom, that's what I'm saying. But you're you, you're normal. <laughs> you yeah, know, it's, it's just a weird situation because it, it is. It, if you work in a company and you don't like your boss, but you like your company, but you don't like your boss, but all mm. of a sudden your boss starts doing well and you're doing well, you don't necessarily have to like your boss. You just have yeah. to respect him and. And do well for the company because if that's happening in your pay packet, all of a sudden you're going to go, well, actually, it's not that bad. And I think that's what's happening. People are going, well, actually, maybe we have something here. And there's a lot of things as well, Tom. People don't have patience anymore. 
Because let me tell you. Because <laughs> they've been told to be patient for about a ridiculous amount of years. But yeah. I understand that. But you look at Alex Ferguson back in the 80s at United. He wouldn't have lasted if he was on social media. And yeah. it takes time. Do we? Do I know that Arteta is going to be this wonderful manager for the next five to ten years? No, I don't know. Do I hope so? Absolutely. Because I, I love... I love everything about him, if I'm honest. I love Harry's passion for the club. I, I, I love where he's taken us. And I think I'm slightly biased because I, I had Stuart, the photographer, on the show. Mm. And the way he spoke you. about yeah. him, I mean, all on air, Tom. Only a little bit off air, but all on air. Mm. The way he spoke for those two shows, I was in awe. And it, and it, it did change me slightly, if I'm honest, to even more uh, gratitude to what... And he said, wait till you watch All or Nothing. He said, I know you're already, you know, very pro, but mm. other people will start to see what I see day in, day out. And I think I just, I, I like to talk to people that are a bit more sensible. As I said before, you can totally disagree. You can still think he's totally wrong for our club. I don't dismiss people like that. I, I'll have a conversation and say, Why? You know, he's doing his best with what he's got. And you talk about the 2021 season, which is where this all started. He didn't have the players he's got now. So it's a bit like yeah. comparing apples and oranges. I, I always kind of held that as my, the thing that kind of let, I, I continued to attach me to Arteta, even though at the time I was like, I don't know how he can carry on. Because the only thing that I had to lean on besides thinking he's not good enough for the job is that if he had the players that he wants, I'd be interested to see what he could do. And mm. I think we're seeing that. We saw that last season to a lesser extent than perhaps we'll even see this season. But that was kind of the thing for me. Anyway, you know, he survives what I would have described for many coaches an unsurvivable situation at the end of that season. And Albert... What, we winning the FA Cup? No, no, I'm sorry. I'm talking about the following season. The, oh, sorry. You know, when he finished eighth and got knocked out of the Europa League by United. Right, oh, that, yeah, that, that season. season. Yeah, yeah. That season. Um, that, for me, is... You know, I, I don't know another coach at another club that would have survived the end of that season with the expectations of that contextually for Arsenal at that stage. You know, I don't know who else would have survived that, but he survived. And as I've said before, after the you know after the whole um, ten game run that I described to you a second ago during that season, you know, I'm glad that we we did stick by it. But we move on to the following season, Albert, and the expectation of Arsenal after finishing eighth outside of Europe entirely was for I think the majority of people to get back into Europe, you know, take the next step forward. Stop this slides because we finished eighth back to back. We were 11th when he took over. Take a step forwards this time. And I think for most people, the expectation was to finish in the top six. We nearly, so very, very nearly took it further than what most people expected us to do. And you know what sucks about that is it still felt like a disappointment at the end of it because we were so close to top four. And we had it in our hands and we lost it. Now, I think there are factors behind why we lost it that you can associate with Arteta, which I point to the Brighton game in particular of why on earth we decided to start Granit Xhaka at left back and, you know, leave Lukonga stranded in the number six role. And equally, I can point to losing Partey and Tierney and Tommy Asu and Ben White for a significant portion of those last 10 games. As I know if we had those four players, we'd have easily picked up another three points along that 10-game stretch without a shadow of a doubt. And that's why I knew that he was still very much the right man and still had very much overachieved, in my view, what our expectations were. So talk to me about kind of the story of how you absorbed the ramifications of last season. I think I'm still absorbing it somewhere in the basement. <laughs> but um, no, uh, 
Oh man, yeah, it was um, it, it was tough, Tommy. Like I know people talk about injuries, right? For example, um, let me let me just concentrate on that. Mm. And you think of the Newcastle game. That's the one that sticks out for me more so because that was the penult- that was the one that was would have cemented us. But <laughs> Ben White and Gabriel started, but Gabriel came off against Gabriel came off against yeah. Spurs. Mm-hmm. You could see Ben White was hundred percent. Tommy Asu, he was so done. He wanted to kick the yeah, ball in his yeah. own net. <laughs> yeah. Tommy Asu came came off um, oh, in the first it, yeah. half. Mm. So I thought, oh man. So um. There were contributing factors um, that does not get away from the performance um, that Arsenal put in because, Awful. as you saw, the all or nothing with Arteta. Um, what 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 can you say apart from what he actually said? You know, was that there, was there's crap. no more to, yeah yeah yeah. So um, yeah. I think that's what was tough to take. I remember Tom sort of going to Everton last game of the season, and it just if it, 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 it felt not like a chore, but it just the atmosphere was just dead it was it's, yeah. uh, the, the 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 effects of the Newcastle game before that just you could see it was just lingering around the Emirates in the stadium before the mm-hmm. game after the game I get Arsenal fans his point of view I don't, I'm not I don't shoot down anybody's opinion oh you know if you said at the start of the season would you have taken fifth I'm like mm, no but I I understand why you would say that because mm. but but when you when you sort of come to the crux of it um I think the issue for me really was and it's not just an Arteta thing. When it Arsenal was sort of renowned for a number of years, when it got to a crunch time in the season, we would fold. Um, and and this was proper crunch time of the season last season because mm. you know we, we you know t- we got the Tottenham game, Holding gets sent off, started the game well actually first 15, 20 minutes I believe against Spurs, um, but then didn't get ahead and they got a couple of goals and that game was done, Tom. It was it was finished. And then we okay, we, we dust ourselves off. We play against Newcastle. I think the thing that shocked me, and maybe it's down to experience, Tom, because we can touch on sort of the average age of the squad. I, I think you you know this, Tom. I think Arsenal's is about average squad size average is about 24 years, I think it is. And yeah, and average yeah, 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 yeah. So um and you look at other sort of the big players, they're around, I don't know, 27, 28 mark. Mm-hmm. That's massive, you know, those three years. Two, two and a half, three, two, two, three years in terms of progression in, in, in a team and in a squad. So yeah. that, that can't be underestimated. Um, that's no excuse for the performance against Newcastle because I can take that in our isolation and just verbally just be upset and batter the team. But that can't be ignored in terms of like we talk about the average age of squads in in the Premier League and Arsenal are the youngest and let's be honest I think experience played a massive massive part of last season when it comes to the crunch point that we never why we never got it done. Yeah, I mean in that season in particular, one of the key things Amanda as to perhaps why it ended the way it did is that when we started to lose, we couldn't stop it. Um, and even though we had a lot of really positive results, we we had these kind of spells of and groups of defeats. I mean, the opening three games, of course, against Brentford, Chelsea and Man City. Um, we lost three out of four games against Liverpool, Newcastle, Man United and Everton. Uh, we lost against Man City, then um, drew against Burnley. Uh, there was the games that obviously we lost against Brighton, Southampton and Crystal Palace. And then we had the, the situation with Spurs and then Newcastle that followed that one. It's like we couldn't respond quick enough 
to arrest certain slides. Now, this season, of course, as we sit and we record this before the Brentford game, so listen, you'll have to forgive us for not knowing the result of that game, but we obviously lost our last league game against Manchester United this season. How we respond to that game, I think, this season will be a big tell of if we've been able to overcome that issue that I think plagued us last season. Why, why do you think we weren't able to respond quick enough and ended up on these kind of two or three games of, of defeats that we needed to end sooner? I, I think a lot of it's belief because if you look at this season, when we've let goals in, the whole ground's got behind mm. the, the team. They've literally yeah. gone down the other like end that. and scored within a few minutes. Yeah, And and it's unheard of, but it, it's happened quite a bit. It didn't happen at United. Uh, there's reasons for that. And I do believe that... Um, if we'd have gone one nil up, which we which should we have should gone have one nil, yes. yeah, yeah, 100%. Yeah. I just don't care what anyone yeah. says on that. Um, uh, it could have been a very different game, and I, you know, but let, let's just go back to what you were saying. The one thing that I found when I was talking on social media about oh, these three games in hand, or these two games, and these were well, people were saying we can afford to lose one, and I kept saying, Are you mental? Are you absolutely mental? Tottenham and Crystal Palace away, to me, we weren't going to win. So we couldn't afford. And I kept, and I, I'm always a little bit err uh, on the side of caution anyway. The injuries, it was just not meant to be. Now, in life, things aren't meant to be for a reason. So I kept saying, if we don't, I, I thought we were going to get it. If I'm honest, yeah. I said that. Sure. Stuart on our show, on my show, way back when said he thinks fifth because of the injuries. Mm. Um, and I said, oh, I don't know. You know, we've got these games in hand. Surely we're not going to lose too many. And he was on just before we'd lost and then we were going to play Brighton. I was buzzing to go to that game. In no part of my head were we going to lose. Mm. There, there, it, it, honestly, I thought, this is it. This is a good win for us. This is going to be 3-1. I was so positive and I think I was so high with believing that that when we lost, I was on the floor. Hmm. I thought, what have I just witnessed here? Have they not raised their game? Have they not gone for fourth? What is going on? And I think that, that for me, was the beginning of the end. We all knew we were going to lose at Crystal Palace. So I don't think anyone thought. Everyone said that was the yeah. banana skin. I don't know anyone that thought we were going to win. I mean, I don't know everybody, but, you know, people generally. I was worried about that. Then we got, I think we got to Spurs in where I didn't think we'd lose in that fashion. I thought we were going to get a draw. I didn't think we'd win at all. They were so up for it. My Spurs friends oh, were yeah. so annoyed with what we did in January with the COVID cancellation that I think it just fed that they feed all that stupid music through their tannoy systems. It's not the real sound <laughs> that you hear on TV. Um, and I just think they were up for it. Rob Holding loses his head and... We just haven't got a chance. We've got injuries galore, as you said. Um, and, and as time was moving on, there was less matches left. And you kept looking at the fact, I kept looking at this, that Spurs had Norwich to play on the last season, uh, last game of the season. The worst game that we could have wanted for Tottenham because there was no chance they were going to lose. So when we go and lose at Newcastle, it's all over. Um, and then, as you see, we we beat Everton. Everton was last game, wasn't yeah, it? Yeah, yeah. We yeah. just we just played the most beautiful football and beat them. Really lovely because it didn't mean anything then. Um, mm. Injuries, time wasn't right. Um, you know, I, I totally agree that Abamyang should have left the club. I've said that 
you know, quite vociferously is the word. But we didn't replace him, and that was a little bit of a risk. Um, you yeah. can't just go and get players that are not available, but that's another chat for another show. And I think it just all went wrong for us, and we we didn't have the confidence. We didn't have the players that we've got now. We didn't have the Jesus that has played in um, Premier League title-winning sides for a massive club with big players they, he knows how to perform. He knows what the team needs. Zinchenko is just mm. just alone for his attitude on that pitch. You know, we didn't have that. And I think this is where it's going to be different. And also, it just would be nice to have party back. Because obviously, we are recording pre-Brentford. It did come out today that he was training. And mm. thank the Lord, is all I can say. Yeah. Because um, we desperately miss him as well. Um, it is a it is a different kettle of fish this season, but now look what's happened. We lose to United. Okay, fair enough. You know, ball over the top. They go and score. I mean, it's it's pretty simple, isn't it? We lose to VAR. I'm sick of even talking about that. that. <laughs> those, those officials. It's not even VAR that's the problem. It's the officials. Yeah, it's it is. That. That's come. This has come. You know, this break has come at a very good time for the officials of VAR because mm. every club was gunning for them because of what they did the weekend before last with so many ridiculous oh, goals. Mate. How sure. West Ham's goal was count. I, it's so, there's so many. But of course, because of what's happened, um, mm. the cancellation of the game, it's been a bit hard for us because we played in Zurich, but it wasn't our first 11. We won. Mm. I really enjoyed it. Loved watching Vieira. Loved watching Marquinhos, Marquinhos, mm. or however you say his name. So <laughs> yeah. I think I think the Marquinhos. Few... Marquinhos. <laughs> <laughs> Vieira, Marquinhos. So I think the I think the future's bright if we can keep fit. For God's sake, that's what we need. And yeah. the end of last season was was something that you know, and also it's documented as well. A lot of people won't watch the last episode of. I know a lot of people who haven't. Yeah. yeah, I watched the whole thing and loved it, if I'm honest. I really enjoyed it. I hated I the last episode. I hated no, it. I hated you it. You know what? I, 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 <laughs> I, I, I it. <laughs> because you knew what was coming. It, yeah, it, it was even worse. It was sad, <laughs> it, I felt sad, but I enjoyed the whole documentary and I really enjoyed. And I didn't think I was going to enjoy And And when you see at the beginning, you can, you can tell the players know the cameras are there. And towards the end... It's also natural. You now then can see. I thought Saka was just hilarious. Mm. So many things are so funny. Um, I think you can see that they have, you know, bonded the team spirit. The fact that we're playing North London forever. The fact that the fact that the Emirates is unbelievably buzzing at every match now. Where the Emirates was always pretty. You know, it was the North Bank and a bit of a song. That was it. And all those stupid Tottenham songs. Thank God we've ruled all those out. Let's not sing about them. Let's sing about us. The the clock end, as I call them, the clock end ultras, are absolutely fabulous. Ashburton um, Army, yeah. Yeah, I love the Ashburton Army. The fact that round the even where I'm East End Up or we don't stop singing. I lost my voice the other day. It was really croaky <laughs> from singing. Um, the West End is singing. Everyone's singing. And I think people are realising this is what helps the team. Mm. This is what does it. You know, and you, did you hear what Arteta said when, was it uh, Gabriel scored the own goal? He said he's never heard anyone get a round of applause. or Saliba, you know, when he scored the own goal. Saliba, yeah. when yeah. he scored. Oh, was he, oh, Gabriel made the mistake, didn't he? Was it Gabriel made the mistake against Fulham, but it was the yeah. Saliba own goal against Leicester that the crowd yeah, responded that was it. to. Yeah. 
The crowd responded and even Arteta had to comment on it and say, mm. I've never heard a player get that so much adulation. It's because people are now supporting the club mm -hmm. in the correct way at the grounds. We should be singing the whole game. We are now singing the whole game and it and it's fabulous. It's a shame there's been a break, but we mm. just have to get on with it. Everyone's in the same situation. So... Look, we are now playing midday on Saturday at Brentford. This is not going to be easy. And having a break doesn't help the players. It throws them out of sync a little bit as well. So so for me, it was a combination of a few things. It was heads down. It was injuries. And we'd never been in that situation before. And unfortunately, Tottenham took that spot. But I've always said, and I've said this for a while, wouldn't it be funny if we go and win the Europa League? Because that is what I said <laughs> could happen. I mean, if we, we can do that and finish top four, it would be amazing. You know, I'd, I want a top four. I think is a really important marker of progress for Arsenal yeah. to get this season. But you know, the Europa League would be great for me. We are the best team in the competition, um, and and should be there as favourites. Man United are obviously there as well. I think Roma looked on paper to be a good side, although they've not started the competition too well and they've not started their season too well either. Um, and of course, we have to wait and see who drops down from the Champions League, which is still for me, my pet peeve is one of the stupidest European competition rules yeah. ever created. But the annoying uh, thing about United, Tom, is they're not even playing that well. And no, I know. Same for Spurs. It's the same for Spurs. I know. Yeah. Yeah, they'll get found out. I'm sure they will get found out soon. But, you know, United, we gifted them a win along with the VAR decision as well, of course. But we gift we gift wrapped them that victory. I'm sorry we did. I was at the game and I could just see it happening. Like it was so predictable what was going to happen. And it was it's unfortunate that we didn't have players like Partey in that game because I feel as though he would have made a huge difference. That's not to knock Lukonga because I think Lukonga was brilliant against Aston Villa when he came in for that game. And it was just two mistakes for Lukonga that really did kind of undermine what was still a decent performance from him against Man United. But it is those two errors. So I suppose, Albert, when we come to talking about, as we round off our show today with, with you know, up-to-date feelings on Arteta, I have to ask you, how do you feel about Arteta? And where do you see him finishing with this team? Yes. When I say finishing with this team, I mean... Yeah. Where do you see him kind of peaking and potentially in the future leaving Arsenal? Yes, let's talk about the gaffer, the gaffer, sum him up. Um, <laughs> you know what? He, I think, you see, with the All or Nothing documentary, partly, and some of the interviews I've seen, and one recently was with BBC Sport, he did about a month ago, Tom, I think it was. Yeah. He talks about, you know, energy and chemistry and uh, emotional connect and, and, and clarity. People might see them as buzzwords, but they're massive in a team environment, in a squad environment. Um, and I know people sort of, when they saw the documentary, they kind of, oh, about the drawings and the rubbing of the hands. And But if you actually look at the context of why he said he was doing it, he's talking about, you know, the energy and the chemistry. You know, the Liverpool like, playing the song, people sort of were kind of laughing and mocking it. But if you actually look at as to why he was trying to do it, he said, look, sometimes I'm going to do things, we're going to win games, there's a masterstroke, that we, what I was trying to do. The Liverpool game, prime example, it didn't work, or whatever. Yeah. But he said he would do the same thing again. He said that because that the point was was to get the to 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 show them what they're gonna what they're gonna face and to prepare them and like I said, the environment. So you you get a reason of what he's trying to do, and you know, irrespective of whatever you think of the manager, Gaffer, boss, this, you know, Mikel Arteta, it's just he's bought there's a as a connect 
the opposite of what he said, the disconnect when he first joined, there's a connect between the fans and a lot of the newer players that have come in in the last couple of years, which I think is massive. That's not been at the club for years, mm. if we're being brutally honest. And I think that's so where's his peak, Albert? What do you think he's capable of achieving with Arsenal? Um, I said this season, Arsenal would sneak top four. Mm. But you know what, Tom, you've already answered what I was going to say. If For me, if he could get... I would love him to win the Europa League because, one, I think that would be massive for the club as well as him. Yeah, because European not trophy. too many Arsenal yeah. managers that have won an European trophy. Arsene Wenger couldn't do it for the amount of years he was here. If he did that and got top four in the league, top four would be massive because, as you said, Tom, it's, it cements your position in the league. And you know what? To get a trophy of that importance and to get top four would be massive for him as well as the football club. Is that peak for you? Is that the maximum you think he could achieve? That's kind of where I'm getting to. I, I kind of want to know what you believe, what you've seen from him, what he can get to. Is that the maximum that you could see him achieving at Arsenal? I can see him. That would be the maximum. Yeah, that would be a great okay. season in my opinion. Okay. But you, no. you know what I mean? Throughout, not just this season. No, he means like in the next few years, not just this yeah, season. Yeah. Just, yeah, so he's still just fourth in a, a European trophy, Europa League. Fair enough. Um, for, for the short term, but in terms of long term, has he got two years left, Tom, has he? Yeah, yeah. But you can extend that, you know, if he does well. <laughs> yeah, of course. Um, I feel like I'm trying, I feel like if I'm trying to get, if this is the answer and this is Albert, you're going like this. Yeah. <laughs> Albert, where do you think, what do you think he can achieve the most? Where can he get to? No, I think I think for me it's, it's Champions League football. I can't talk about anything above that. Okay. Talking so you don't think he well. could do any better than that? What, than top four? Yeah. Yeah. Mm, if you ask the same question in a year's time, you're no, <laughs> no, I'm asking. No, Albert, listen, I'm asking you the question. I think Albert's what, tired. What is Arteta capable of, not just this season, but as Arsenal's manager? What is his maximum potential for you? Like, you know, if Pep Guardiola was in charge of Arsenal, I think he could take Arsenal to a title. Do you think Arteta could take Arsenal to an equivalent? No, I'm not too sure about that. That's what I was after. <laughs> That's I, 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 I said that before, but yeah, no, yeah, I'm not sure about that. Um, I'm not too sure. Amanda, same question. But I think I think you get it. <laughs> I, I totally get it. So this this season, I agree with you both, and I've said about the Europa League and top four. Mm. That that would be an amazing achievement to get that. Um, I was at the Champions League final in 2006, and it was heartbreaking. We were so close. Jens Lehmann, the referee, Omri missing. Oh, God, it was heartbreaking. So we've not, you know, not won a European trophy in so many years. I'd love that. I think that'd be incredible. Top four, yeah, in a weird way, which I never thought I'd say this. It's just as important, unfortunately. This is where we are with football at the moment. In years to come, it's really hard to say, Tom, because we don't know what players would come in and, you know, him as a manager, oh, I'm probably going to get lambasted for saying this, but, yeah, I do think he can win us the league. I, I don't see why not. I think he'll grow with the club. I think players love him. I don't see any any players on that on that show. I didn't even really see the situation with the Bamiang. It just sort of happened and they didn't show much, did yeah, they? I don't so think they showed it all, to be honest. No, of course oh, not. Yeah. Um yeah. and I think I actually think Arteta was hurt by that relationship 
not working out. But anyway, um, and 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 for me, I think he can. I think he can win us. The, I think he can win us the league. I think the Champions, Champions league, league is a little <laughs> bit for 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 any manager coming into our club. You know, we don't have the millions and billions that the other the oil money that we don't have that. It, <sighs> We do. I think the Champions League is easier to club. win in this day and age than the Premier League. Um, From outside of Man City, I think it's a trickier competition. I, I, I think the Premier League's trickier to win. From Arsenal's perspective, well, than the Champions League, it's more be. consistent. You have to win week in, week out. Exactly. The yeah. Champions League is, you know, look, even Tottenham got to the final, didn't they? Exactly. That's what I'm saying. <laughs> so, yeah. so yeah, but I mean, look, as much as we want to knock Tottenham, they're not a bad side, and unfortunately, they're going to be right up there with us. The whole way through, um, but no, I do believe he can. Uh, he can. Will he is another question. And as Albert said, you need to invite us back on in two years' time. But hmm. I, I do believe that we could. A year. <laughs> oh, no, not, a year. We won't win it in a year, Albert. I'm not saying we'll win the league next two year. I'm not though. saying that. But yeah. in in a couple of years' time, we will see where we are. We'll either have a new manager, and he hasn't done it, or or we're building continuously. Yeah, look, I think I think both your points are, are fair. Um, I think the positions hold are, are fair. I think that for me, I can't. I'm not sure if I could commit in this moment to saying I think he can take Arsenal to a title, mainly because of just how good Manchester City are as kind of a factor. You know, to get this Arsenal team overcoming that Manchester City juggernaut is be is oh so hard. You Harland. know, uh, oh my I, god, yeah, exactly. And I feel wow. like you'd need to take. Pep out of City and put him into Arsenal to give Arsenal a chance. <laughs> no, I means. think you need to take Haaland out of City, if I'm honest. Potentially, yeah. yeah. We, I do we think we need to special, take him out. We, yeah, I think we, we have a special strike on Jesus. We need to consistently be back in the Champions League, man. That, yeah. yeah. If we, minimum expectation this season for me is Champions League. It's it's the minimum expectation I have. We have to get into the Champions League this season. There's, and there's, continual. there's no progression outside of that for me this season. And it shows, um, doesn't it, Tom, how well Wenger did do keeping us top four, I, which, is I, where, which is what the, the, the pro-Wenger fans are saying. You took it mm. for granted. We did. Every year we were top four, you know, and we were frustrated with that because we wanted more. more we wanted yeah. them to progress. It's because we, we didn't. didn't do anything to do that. That's the thing. You know, you look at what Arsenal spent mm. since... Since KSE took full ownership of the club in 2018, Arsenal spent close to, if not more than half a billion on transfers. If we'd have done that during those years that we were financially restricted and we were fighting for fourth, you know, who knows what we could have done and who knows how much access Wenger really did have to money. I have my suspicions that he could have spent more than he did. It's yeah. just my suspicions um, based upon things that I've read, things I've heard. Um, I think that... The, the issue I have with the the whole, you know, how much we take top four for granted, yes, I agree with that. But what I would say is that I think achieving top four during those years was less of a challenge than it is achieving top four now. I think the top, I think that you've got City, you've got Liverpool, you've got Chelsea, you've got Spurs, you've got ourselves, Manchester United. Mm. But you even look at the likes of Leicester and Wolves and West Ham that have started to push up. You look at Forrest spending 150 million quid. You know, teams that were coming up from the championship weren't spending 150 million quid, you know, back 10, 15 years ago. So I do think that the challenge to get top four is significantly tougher now than it was when we would talk about Wenger's achievement. That's not to take away from it. It still wasn't a really big achievement. And I think we do take for granted, not be, or we did take for granted being in the Champions League. But I still think contextually a top four challenge and a top four achievement is 
is massive compared to what it still was 10 years ago. So if we get top four, even though it's my minimum expectation because it's the next step that Arsenal need to take, if we don't take that step, we are just where we were at the end of last season. So that for me is that. Can he take us to a title? <laughs> you know, it's. I'd love it. I'd really love it to happen because it would be amazing. To, for that to happen, it would be amazing for so many reasons. Most of them completely competitive around Arsenal. A few of them, pride. <laughs> Just a few of them. Um, Champions League, I think, is an easier competition to win if you're in it than the Premier League is um, because I just think it's, it's knockout. And Arsenal are a, a pretty decent cup team at times. So I think if Spurs can reach a final, if Chelsea can win it twice as one of the worst winners of that competition, it pains me that they've won it twice, um, then, yeah, I think Arsenal could absolutely win the Champions League if they were in it. Premier League is a different beast because Man City are just something else. Um, so, yeah, uh, it, it's tricky, but I think it's possible. Um, that's a nice way to end, talking about Arsenal winning Champions Leagues and Premier Leagues. I don't think you could end a podcast in a better way. Amanda, Brilliant. thank you so much for your time. I appreciate it. Tell people where they can find you and what you're going to be up to. Oh, what am I going to be up to? Well, same old Arsenal pod. I have a little show called The Always Arsenal Show where I have lots of different guests on and Tom will be coming on once he's back from his honeymoon. Mm, um, Albert's awesome. regularly on, aren't you, Alp? On my post-game I, shows. I, I, I am. I we, am we, do this, we do these post-game shows. It's quite fun. When we win, they're fun. Um, <laughs> and um, where am I on Twitter, Tom? Oh, Guna Girl 1969 or Princess Guna, wherever it is, come and say hello. And I'm sure there's so many that are going to say about my pro Arteta stance. Yeah, but title, come with us. It's, it's, yeah, it's, it's, it's good. Yeah, same old Arsenal with Craig as well. Absolutely. Uh, Albert, thank you so much for your time. Tell people where they can find you and what you're going to be up to. Tom, it's always a pleasure to join you on your fantastic channel, my friend. Cheers, bro. Um, Yes, um, what am I going to be doing? So, yes, I, I had a, a fantastic interview with Tom White from Sky Sports um, last week. Mm -hmm. um, it was very good. But, yeah, I thought it would be good, but he was he, he was brilliant. Um, so, people, check that out if you haven't already. And up and coming, have a few Instagram lives panned in, and hopefully when the football resumes on the 18th, um, there'll be a lot more content to come, Tom, on Albert JTV. So, people, oh, come and subscribe. Brilliant. Yeah. Uh, of course, when you guys watch this, the Brentford game would have already happened. So you can go and watch back Albert's reaction. You can go back and watch uh, Amanda's reaction on both. Actually, same yeah, old that's Arsenal a point, now. Albert. We might yeah. have to do a post-game show on Saturday, which is last Saturday. Which is last <laughs> Saturday. Yeah. It's confusing, <laughs> but it works. We've made it work. It's it, it does a work. challenge does. of trying to produce content that's going to go out in a week's time, <laughs> but it does work. I think this has been a really great chat or a good discussion, both from a kind of competitive Arsenal standpoint, a social standpoint as well. Um, so listeners, if you have indeed enjoyed it do drop a like on the video subscribe to the channel if you're new we've got plenty more content to come out to keep you entertained whilst i am away um and yeah i hope you, you've had a fantastic week and i hope that we've won at brentford i'm really sorry if we didn't but i hope that we did um i will see you again soon tomorrow morning at 8am for the next one have a fantastic day and as always up the arsenal It's the 90 plus minute. All your mates around and you've got a McNuggets share box ready to go and you know a late winner's coming. Your mates already got booked for a double dip in and you steal the last nugget, snatching all three points. Perfection. Order now on the McDonald's app for your McDelivery. You in? 
at participating restaurants 18 plus serving times delivery fee and terms apply see mcdonalds.com this podcast is proud to be part of the talk sport fan network talk sport powered by fans